1: Maybe. Yes, sir! Michigan's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT presents... Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show. I'm a big believer in fate. I have a good feeling about this. That's all I'm going to tell you. Welcome to another edition of the Golf Show. Michigan's sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT... Our program is brought to you by Blackthorne Golf Club and Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. I'm Darren Pritchard on the road with the South Bend Cubs. And back in our WSBT studios, the stars of the show, we've got John Foster, the general manager of Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorne. Guys, good morning. How are you?
2: Good. Morning, Darren.
1: Good to be with you, as always. Well, we're taping on Thursday. We'll tell everybody that right now. So the Open Championship. Is going on right now, and it's kind of funny as we're taping this. I mean, it's like a day at Warren or at Blackthorn over there in Jolly old, what royal Birkdale. I mean, there's no wind, there's sunshine. Now, as we're taping this on Thursday, we hear there's going to be 35 mile an hour winds and rain going sideways on Friday, so things could change, but. It's not really the Open Championship unless Mother Nature gets involved. I mean, I kind of feel like I'm not watching the Open Championship in the first
3: round. Yes, definitely. Uh, the the wind died down was a little bit, I think, uh, this morning, a little bit uh, mm-hmm. breezier. But this afternoon, really, the sun's kind of little coming out. And, and they had a lot of rain last night, so it's soft. They were throwing darts today. I saw yeah. a guy spin it back about 20 feet
2: today, what, you don't typically see at the British Open. No. I think we we kind of switched weather with them today. We got all the rain, <laughs> and they got all of our sunshine, so... Hopefully that'll turn around tomorrow, but given this early scores especially, you can tell there's no weather element today or they wouldn't, you know, Spieth and, uh, and I Kefka. think Kepka both shot 65 Kefka. at this point. Yep. And Porcher's on fire too. Yeah, so. so make it today, guys. Get your scores today.
1: <laughs> Put them in your back pocket. Yeah, Kepka hasn't played since the U.S. Open, guys, and I heard the stat earlier this week on the Golf Channel before the Open got underway is the fact that no player has won the Open Championship taking time off in between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. Now, maybe it's a good thing Brooks took some time off because your life does change when you win the U.S. Open. There's a lot more people pulling away at you. And as we remember through Joe Buck, he had a girlfriend for a week, so maybe he just wants a little (laughs) count. Who knows? But are you surprised he came out and played so well? I mean, I'm thinking Russ. I'm thinking, mentally, will he be engaged? And he comes out and shoots five under. I know he hold a bunker shot for Birdie coming in, but still to, to come out and shoot 65 in the first round after not playing for a month, I mean, isn't that just about more than you could imagine from him?
3: That's pretty special. I mean, I think this guy is really talented. I mean, John's been a fan of this guy for yeah. going back two or three years. Um, and just if you hit it that hard and you're that strong, um, and now he's putting a lot better, this guy could be, you know, contention in a lot of majors.
2: I don't. I don't think <clears throat> the fact is he's hadn't touched a golf club in a month. I'm sure he's been working really hard at it. I, I'm not so sure the fact that you're out competing uh, and that's necessary to get ready for a major is maybe that's a little bit overrated. So I'm sure the guy's been pounding a bunch of balls and also playing a lot of golf. So you know, I, I guess it's probably rare, but I think not unprecedented that he play well.
1: And it helps. He played in pretty nice conditions in the first round. not taking anything away from him. It's steep. Went out and played in pretty nice conditions as well. The early guys on Thursday had the really rough weather. And when Jordan went out there, it was not too bad. And he went out and shot five under in the first round. I know the folks over there across the pond, they love to put down a few pounds, I guess, on all these sporting events. And Spieth was the favorite going into this tournament. I guess he started to play a little better lately. She would be overly surprised that He's put himself at least in contention early on in the Open Championship.
3: Well, I think his putter's been a little bit dead here this year. He hasn't been, and been watching a little bit of it today. He's putting so much better, and I think his ball striking is getting a little tighter. Um, But uh, he, you know, it's uh, he's gonna if he
2: can get the putter going, he's gonna be in contention anytime he plays in a major. Just steady, solid. Bear in mind too, Kepka played the European Tour for three years, I think, before he came over here. So, oh, that's right. um, come weather time, I'm sure he's going to be a lot more used to it than some of the American players, you know, day in, day out. So, he may he may be in there in the end. That's
1: a very, very good point. I hadn't really thought about that. See, John, always coming in, just sliding well, in with all that big-time knowledge.
2: Darren, that's that's why I'm employed here, is to contribute <laughs> things such as that. Although, I'm not so sure by the true sense of the word employment, I think requires remuneration. And, and
1: <laughs> well, and
2: Tim must be getting say, my share.
1: John, I was going to say, after this show airs and after the great knowledge you bring forth, I, I think there's going to have to be some negotiations. We're probably all not going to make the same anymore. I think you may take a slight, you know... Yeah. Jump ahead of us just because you've been so good so far in the first well, month. We're only five minutes of the program. If, if
2: the pay is commensurate with the contribution I make and I'm getting paid the right amount.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs>
2: if I told you uh, that John Daly
3: was going to beat Rory McElroy today, would you guys have believed that? Is that right? Is that unbelievable? I
2: mean, Rory's at, at golf or at drinking? <laughs>
1: Both. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs>
3: Unbelievable.
1: Uh, I have a cold, don't make me laugh. I'm going to (laughs) start coughing, John. Okay. All right. But, you know, they've been talking throughout the open coverage, and Nick Faldo has kind of been doing a little dance around the subject about Rory McIlroy. I mean, he's married now. A lot of things going on in his life. and, And Faldo has said a couple of times that, well, he's hearing through the grapevine that Rory might be just a little overwhelmed right now. The focus isn't on golf. I guess I understand that to an extent, and I'm trying to act like Rory is a regular guy. I mean, he puts on his pants the same way we do. He has the same issues in life I'm sure that we all have to go through from time to time. And when we go through those things, we still go to work. We still do our regular things. And to hear the excuses being made for Rory, I guess I just don't understand it. I mean, there's still 24 hours in a day. There's still, I'm sure, time to go out and practice golf a couple of hours every day. It's not like he has to clock in like a lot of us do on an everyday basis. So I don't want to come across kind of a meanie, but I just feel like there's a lot of excuses being made for him right now. If he wants to be a guy that has a lot of things going on in his life, you know, that's fine. But he's also defending himself saying, hey, I'm close, you know, and all the media is all over him. When are you going to turn it around? So he's very defensive right now. So if you're going to be defensive, I mean, you've got to come out and produce. And when you're five over par in the first round going to the back nine, I mean, it's awfully hard for him to continue to sit up there and defend himself. I mean, I just, I, again, I don't want to come across as kind of a jerk, but his job is to be a professional golfer. He's got a lot of things going on, but you got to make time to go out and be a professional golfer. Otherwise, don't go to the press conference and say, hey, I'm close. I think you guys are being too hard on me. I I just don't think that's fair.
3: Well, I thought marriage was supposed to be the thing that saves these guys. Isn't that what, Sergio, that's the reason he won the Masters this year is because he's got balance in his life and everything. And now you've got to blame marriage, you know, for playing bad. So, first of all, I think that's ridiculous. But um, I don't know what's going on. They said there's some injury and then, you know, club change and... It's, it's golf, man. We've talked about this on the show. I mean, it's a hard game, and you go on funks.
2: Um, I mean, it's not new for him either. I mean, that's the same guy that talked about not playing in the Olympics because he wasn't going to get paid for it. I, I said before, I think a few weeks back, I don't think he is passionate about playing golf necessarily. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think that's what you get. When you're not passionate about it, I don't know that the commitment to work on it's there necessarily. It's not like he just started struggling. That guy, Roy's not been relevant in a yeah. long time, quite honestly. As far as you know, all I hear about him is boy, you know, he's got a great swing, he hits it a long way, boy. Potentially, he could dominate. Well, a lot of people have potential, but I just don't think he's been relevant in quite some time. I don't. I don't think it's fair to uh, let's say you know, Dustin Johnson, Johnson, Spieth. And some of the others to really put him in that group anymore. Uh, even Jason Day. You know, mm-hmm. these things are cyclical. And why would Jason Day, other than that, the World Golf Rankings, I think run in arrears somewhat? You yeah, know, two years? Yeah, or two. he's still up there. But Jason Day hasn't really been relevant uh, necessarily. So I think he likes to be grouped in with the big three or whatever. But I'm not so sure. And that's why maybe he's a bit defensive because he sure hasn't lived up to that.
1: Hmm. Bob Herrig, a golf writer, tweeted out, as a point of reference, only and nothing more since getting married, Rory has just two rounds in the 60s. Now, granted, he's only played 10 rounds, but we have not seen a whole lot of productivity out of McElroy. And, John, I think you're right. He has not been one of those elite players now for some time. You mentioned Jason Day. I give him credit. Now, Rory was more defensive, and I think he was trying to keep himself in that conversation mm-hmm. like you were talking about, John, now day before the open championship, he made the point, hey, I'm looking for my swing right now, I'm looking for results. He was hoping just to hang around and be in contention on Sunday, and then maybe he finds something and then surges to win the golf tournament. See, now I respect that attitude more than the way Rory oh, is yeah. trying to be so defensive right now. Jason was dead on it. Hey. I don't have it right now. If I can just kind of kick it around the golf course for a couple of days, and if I'm still in contention on Sunday, then maybe I sneak in and win it. You know, I can appreciate that attitude rather than trying to alter the story that the media is trying to put forth. And, and I think the media is not being unfair to Rory McIlroy. It is a story that he has not been a factor in some time. While well, Day, who looked like he was ready to go on that run when he and Spieth were really rolling, yeah. hey, he's saying, gosh, guys, I just don't have it right now, and I'm trying to figure things out. And he's had some more health issues than McElroy has, which is also a big factor in this whole thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, Day's a separate issue. He's really passionate about it. He's going to get better. He's going to return there. But, I mean, you go back to the open, and and Rory, the rough controversy, you know, he's got to chime in. I think he, he likes the attention, but he doesn't like the criticism. And the way to get attention and to slack off on the criticism is to actually accomplish something. So I think the balls in his court, so to speak, you know, do something and people will quit criticizing you. Whereas Day, I, I, you're right, Darren, I think he's struggling a little bit right now, but it's not because he doesn't care, nor he's not committed, at, you know, to getting better and to dominating again. He'll be back there. I just don't know if, um, if Rory really belongs in the conversation right now.
1: The Golf Show brought to you by Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame and Blackbone on WSBT Radio. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you. Hey, I know fashion's a big part of golf, and I'm not one that knows a whole lot about fashion compared to you guys. (laughs) But out of all the things in fashion, I mean, I could see polyester like in the 70s coming back for a short time and the guys come out with those, you know, good-looking pants that Johnny Miller and, and all those guys used to wear. But one thing I never, ever, ever thought would come to the game of golf I saw in the first round of the Open Championship Thursday and going back to Jason Day wearing high tops. Now, I get why basketball players wear high tops. It protects your ankles, allegedly, at least a little bit. But can someone explain to me how a golfer can be helped or whatever by wearing high tops? And I'm just curious, at your golf courses, can you actually go out and order high tops if someone truly wanted to play golf in those?
3: Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I know this he is sells the high tops if you want to go that route. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with protecting his ankles. Keegan Bradley no. um, wore some yeah. high tops as well. It's all fashion. Maybe. He's got these pants. Oh, yeah, he's oh, had those yeah. Air Jordans for a couple years, or at least a year, he's been wearing. But I think for this, you know, uh, Jason Day-to-day had the, the, these black pants on with the where the... It, almost like sweatpants to a sense yeah. where they get real skinny down by the ankles, and he has the high top shoes on. It's old fashioned. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky Fowler
2: wore those last year. Remember? Yeah, yeah.
3: but yeah. the biggest fashion. Well, yeah, yeah, they've been out for a while. Mm. The biggest fashion thing I saw today—you were talking about a comeback. I can't believe. It. I thought this is where you're going with this, but this is this is going back a hundred years probably <laughs> since we've seen this. Is um, uh, not Justin Rose, but it was. Um, um, what is uh, his name? Anyway, oh here, Justin Thomas. Oh yeah, Justin Thomas today yeah. was sporting a cardigan sweater with a tie <laughs> and a long sleeve shirt. So really? good
1: luck? Yeah. That's oh, wow. Awesome. That's, that's, that's actually a good look. It's kind of like look.
3: that. I think that would look good on Darren. Yeah, I it would. You be. Try that out yeah? next time you play. Oh gosh, yeah. But uh, that, that's that's definitely
2: bringing something back from the old old school wow. with the tie when you're playing. That, being cynical, as I usually am, the reason that... Is it uh, Jason Day? Is he, isn't he an Adidas guy? Nike guy. He is Nike. Okay, bike. which explain? So if you're in the golf shoe business... um Oh, there they are. Okay, Tim just showed me a picture of it. And you're trying to increase your sales in the golf shoe business, it's kind of hard to come out with a new saddle Oxford right. and expect <laughs> that to dominate the category. <laughs> Why don't we expand the category... Try something what many people think is outrageous, but the fact that you got a guy like that wearing him means that the the question you ask us will probably come to us now. Um, do we have them in our shop? Can we get them? Uh, no, we don't have them, but we'll be asked if we can get them. So more than fashion, it's marketing, I think. And God bless them. I mean, that's the American way, is create demand where there is none. And I would say that's probably what we're looking at here. There's no functional, I wouldn't think, unless you swing like me and my balance, maybe it would help me. (laughs) But with these guys, I don't think they need that ankle support necessarily. We're going to have you wear snowshoes, (laughs) John. Yeah. yeah, So I have more of a steady foundation. Uh, Yeah. uh,
1: (laughs) uh, Uh, Well, hey, let's face it. if, If someone offered us X amount of dollars to this or that. I'm sure we would consider it, but as a golfer, I just can't believe how comfortable it is to have high tops on. So, I guess when you're getting multi-million dollars from Nike, I guess it makes the decision a little easier, but I just can't believe it's that comfortable. Well,
2: I'll give you a little story here, and it's related to the one story that Tim and I talk about Bob Murphy when he was in town <laughs> here years ago. Well, he was with Tom, oh, no. he was with Tom Shaw, and I don't know if anybody remembers Tom, but Tom played on the tour, and he was playing at that time on the senior tour, and him and uh, Bob were traveling through town uh, at some kind of exhibition or something. So anyway, I, I was with them one evening, and when Shaw showed up, he had a visor on. Or no, he had a hat, because I'd always see him in a visor. And I said, Tom, I don't recall you wearing a visor. You know, what's the story behind that? And he goes, well, the money they're paying me to wear this thing. That's why I'm wearing it. He says, if the money was right, I'd wear a skirt. (laughs) Uh, You know, (laughs) I thought that would. And so, as a result, that's probably what we're seeing here, too. They're giving him a lot of money to wear that, so. Well,
1: one person apparently approves is Michelle Wee. She has tweeted at Jason Day saying the high tops are, and she put, like, I would say 30 emojis of flames with the hashtag high tops the open. So apparently, Michelle Wee is all in on these high tops that apparently I missed out on recently. Other people wearing them, but Jason Day with an all black outfit on Thursday with these white high tops, you can't miss them. Did you see Charlie Hoffman on Thursday, Eagle, the tough part four, first hole? Did you guys see the video of this? Yeah, it was great. Where you didn't
3: even know it went in?
1: I mean, he was just kind just of put the club in the bag, like, "Oh yeah, okay, I had a shot, okay, great." I don't, think, I don't know if he knew it went in or not, but if he didn't know, I could understand it. But it was the most laid back reaction I think I've ever seen. And that was this true, guy was always just seems to pop up anymore, doesn't he? In these, in these major playing good, yeah, kind of,
3: yeah, he's playing well.
1: Kind of boring, but... So why do the Americans are now playing so well in the Open Championship? We've had Zach Johnson and Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and other guys win it regionally, and you look on Thursday, the top five guys on the leaderboard, you know, midway or past the midway point of the first round are All-American. So why in the world are we now so good at the Open Championship? Two well, it words. seems like all the Europeans are winning a lot of our tournaments on our turf.
2: Two words. Global warming. Think of the last... The past three four oh, open championships not been. The weather's not been yeah, a, good point. a factor at all. Yeah, and today of courses have been green, sixty five like and sunny with no wind. That's yeah. where our guys thrive. So, I'm I'm racking it up to global warming. How's that?
1: I think that's <laughs> a very impressive answer. Yeah. For those of, for those of
2: you, you who think it's more real
1: than that, but okay.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I won't take that any further. (laughs) It's funny, just watching the golf tournament, I guess as a kid, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like every time I watched the Open as a kid, all the fairways were brown, the greens were odd Mm. colors, and now you look at this championship, heck, it looks more like a U.S. Open than Mm. what the U.S. Open is anymore. I mean, you got the green fairways. I've never seen an Open championship with greens as smooth as this guy's. I mean, those Golf balls are rolling smooth on the greens. Mm-hmm. These guys are making a lot of putts with the conditions okay on Thursday.
3: There's still and, only like nine and a half. Open on the Open Championship yeah. become
1: yeah. now more of a fair event. I mean, the the golf course is obviously in great shape. The weather is always a factor, of course. But I almost feel like the Open Championship has a more right in the U.S. Open right now.
2: Darren, up till twenty years ago, I would guess that the venues on the rota, the Open rota none of them had irrigation systems. So, the same pressure that United States and, you know, let's say U.S. courses underwent in the 60s, when people started watching golf on TV and color TV, the demands they put upon their superintendents and the clubs put upon themselves to bring the standards and the conditions up, the people that subsidize the existence of the courses in the U.K. are Americans. It's the people traveling over to play golf. And it's kind of quaint to, to say, oh, they're browned out and the fairways are like dirt or whatever. But I think that a lot of these courses have tried to emulate the course conditions that the people who are paying all the money come to expect out of golf courses and don't necessarily, you know, let things go uh, and, and just let Mother Nature take its course the way they used to.
1: So TV has a lot to do with
2: it? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, it's enjoyable to watch. I mean, we've seen Browner doing stuff in the last 10 years. So, I think it's been great right now for the Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. We'll see how it turns out. We'll recap everything that happened in the Open Championship next week on the golf. So, but coming up next, Tim had quite a tease for us at the end of the program last week saying that he has some breaking news to pass along. So... We'll lead off the next segment with that breaking news, and also we'll talk a little bit more about the Open Championship. I just went back and did a little research, guys. Royal Burkdale has had a lot of great moments in Open Championship history, so we'll just kind of go down memory lane and talk about some of those coming up. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritz of the Golf Show, brought to you by Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame and Blackthorn on Michigan's Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. The golf show is brought to you by Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame and Blackthorn. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame General Manager John Foster and the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club, Tim Firestone. And we are now to the point of the program where we turn things over to Mr. Firestone, who had quite a tease at the end of the show last week, saying he's got a little breaking news to pass along involving Blackthorne golf club and sounds like some expansion on the way so tim i'll turn it over to you what type of breaking news do you have for it
3: well this is extremely breaking news (laughs) only for our golf show listeners is this being uh, released at this point in time (laughs) we will have a formal announcement coming up in the next week or so with more of the details um... but uh... we are uh... happy to announce that we have made an acquisition uh... in the golf space here in in the market Uh, That ties in well with what we're doing at Blackthorn. Um, We recently purchased uh, uh, the assets to the former uh, Granger Golf Club, um, the indoor golf facility uh, in Toscana Park. So we are looking forward to uh, continuing the Blackthorn brand uh, there in Granger uh, with a kind of year-long facility where we can stay in touch with our members, our black card holders and um, all of our corporate groups and, and provide another uh, venue for, for people to uh, work on their games and have fun and uh, uh, eat and drink and be merry, so to speak. So it's a great fit for us. Our employees now can work year-round. Uh, our leagues can kind of carry over and go through the winter. Um, so we're very excited about it, and it's a, it's a beautiful facility, and uh, we are really looking forward to adding that to the Blackthorn family.
1: Very nice, Tim. Congratulations. Now, I've been there maybe for people that never went to the Granger um, golf course place. kind of pass along what is in there and what you look to carry over maybe. I don't know. Is it too early to say some
3: changes you'll make? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, um, the the facility was constructed beautifully. I mean, it was really done uh, uh, in a first class way. So there's not a lot of structural changes that we'll make. Um, There'll be more philosophical changes on um, on just how it will operate and how we'll run it, how we'll price it. Um, But basically, the facility uh, can be used for so many different things, and that's kind of what we want to try to do: is expand not just the golf, but uh, entertainment as a whole, and do a lot of different types of events uh, in there. So, for example. Uh, in the month of August you know, fantasy draft camps where you can actually come in and do your whole draft in these private rooms with a large projector screen that you can put your draft up uh, and have oh. a private room. And um, So there's a lot of things that those rooms can do other than just have a simulator in them. Um, and that's what we're expanding and then trying to explore uh, all the different methods uh, of, of, of what can actually happen uh, in those rooms. So... Um, that at the end of the day, though, there is there's nine private rooms, there are six standard rooms, uh, uh, two VIP rooms, and one big deluxe room uh, that can be rented out uh, and used. And you can play golf, you can practice, and like I said, there'll be other uh, applications as well that people can do. Um, and then with a uh, uh, great food, um, huge kitchen that was that built there, and uh, we'll continue uh, providing great food and, and, and beer and wine. Um, so just kind of a unique way to um, you know to spend uh, some time, especially when it's cold or raining outside or snowing uh, to come on in and, uh, and hang out and have a couple of adult beverages and and uh, and and play some golf
1: once again this ventures in toscana Park and the video simulators Tim they've really come a long way in the last five six years when you turn on one of these golf courses and you get to pick I know from a variety of golf courses I mean they're extremely realistic for people that have not been on one of these simulators I mean it's truly like a game of golf. If you slice the golf ball, you're going to slice the golf ball.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the simulators are incredibly uh, accurate. you know, especially when you go on the. What's really cool about this for the real golf fanatics, when you know you can go in there and hit shots on the driving range, and it'll 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 log all your different shots, the, what kind of curvature, the spin rate, launch angle, all these different things that you can then download and you can kind of keep and track and see what how you're progressing with your swing and the changes you're trying to make. Um, but yeah, as far as playing golf goes, the only thing I say is a little bit goofy is the putting uh, when you're doing those things. <coughs> but other than that. Um, you get a pretty realistic view. Um, there is an upgrade available that we'll be upgrading the machines, even adding more courses to. Um, and then there are also, um, you guys have heard of Top Golf and how popular yep, that's become. Absolutely. There are yeah. new games that you can play uh, on these simulators as well, where you're like trying to hit, you know, the range cart, the yeah, range right. picker, and, you know, different kind of fun games where it's not just, you know, trying to score, but you're actually hitting targets and doing different things. So uh, hopefully, again, just kind of a, um, a unique and different way to, to spend some time in inclement weather.
1: And Tim, I know you kind of said it's a way for your black foreign members to kind of continue to play golf, continue to play together. And I know we're very early on in this, but is there going to be some advantages for being a black card holder? Is that, just things that are still kind of you're working out at this particular moment
3: yeah no question black card holders will always receive uh special pricing and it's just a, it's another way for us to add value to those folks who have um bought the blackthorn card and we hope to expand the base of the black card uh, holders and um um uh, we look to uh you know make sure sh- you know, like i said our leagues and all the all the folks uh, uh that play at blackthorn during the summer we hope to transfer over you know quite a few of those folks in the winter
1: I'm excited the fact you take over that kitchen because the food was really good there at the times I was there. And it just gives you a unique, a unique opportunity to really entertain your clients that come into this particular facility, whether they're playing golf or, like you said, a fantasy football event. You can put together a very nice menu because, boy, the kitchen offers you many, many opportunities.
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable. The kitchen equipment uh, is brand new. Um, everything is in there. There's some of the stuff I'm wondering, you know, why? what are we going to do with it? <laughs> I, mean, so, I mean, it is a first-class, <laughs> top-notch uh, a kitchen without a doubt.
1: So do you have a time frame when it might open? And, and those type of questions I'm sure some people have hearing this for the first time.
3: Yeah, so um, like I said, we'll have more details that will follow here in the next week or so. But um, generally speaking, uh, between now and and October 1st, we'll be doing a lot of uh, private controlled events where we're not necessarily going to be open on a daily basis to the public. Probably the 1st of October is kind of our targeted, like where we're really going to be open just to people to come in and and eat and drink and and golf. Uh, But we've already got three or four events booked, um, and uh, we will roll out kind of that private setting uh, scenario. Like we talked about the drafts and uh, talking about getting uh, the fight uh, The Mayweather fight and renting out those rooms for the fight uh, coming up at the end of August. Um, So it'll be more of event-based stuff that we'll open with before we open up to the public in October.
1: And if people want to inquire about a fantasy draft there or possibly renting out a space, is there a phone number they can call right now for more detail?
3: We call 232-GOLF. All of all of the phones, the tee times, everything will be networked together at both facilities. So no matter where you call, hmm. you can book your tee times at either place You can and be, calls can be transferred. So uh, everything will be kind of connected via our point of sale system and our tee sheets and the Internet and all that kind of good stuff.
1: Mr. Foster, are we gonna have to take the golf show there before we uh, yeah. wrap up before the football season? I starts? was just
2: thinking maybe we should do it year round now that we got a you know, we'll have golf going well. on twelve months and we've got a spot where we could go and actually uh, you know, have the show occur that tends to encompass mm-hmm. all that we can <laughs> eat and drink. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, Darren. I think it's a deal. yeah. Yeah. Well, we we are on the golf show and we
1: could swing the golf club. Yep. And make fun of me throughout the entire show. So, you know, that would be obviously very entertaining for you guys. And I think that's a very intriguing idea. Well,
2: yeah, but then again, we don't need golf to make fun of you. So we could do that without <laughs> golf. But, yeah, it would be much more fun to make fun of your golf. How's that?
1: Well, John, I'll let you be the negotiator. <laughs> okay, and, buddy. You know, you're the you know, hey, let's face it. I mean, you got you help get the, the U.S. Senior Open to Warren, so you have more credentials than me. So, okay, I'll let you kind of handle the smaller details with Mister Firestone, and maybe we can work something out. I think that's brilliant. <laughs>
2: well, can, thank can you. Can we can we air the show at three thirty in the afternoon on Saturday afternoons in the fall? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and let I, me get back. Anything else that. going on? Let me, let me get back to okay. you. Let me Give me a little time. No. <laughs>
2: okay, thanks.
1: I don't think that's possible, unfortunately. <laughs> as All many right. shows as they but have, we, we'd I, have to
3: air at like 6 a.m. on Saturday. I know so it. start like at the crack of dawn with the programming, don't you, Darren?
1: Well, I think on a 3.30 kickoff, we're starting at 9 a.m. this year, and I think we get done with the official Notre Dame football post game show around midnight. Wow. Geez. So we could either do 8 a.m. or we could do midnight. <laughs> or we
2: could do neither.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, John, you said you needed more prime time live, you know, golf shows, so we're giving you the opportunity. That, can you imagine at midnight what we could do? Yeah. Because let's face it, most of the kiddies are in bed, so you could be a little more wild and crazy, you know, at that particular time.
2: Uh, at midnight, me at my age, <laughs> no, <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> <seen> midnight. <laughs> no, <before>. That's right.
1: <laughs> no,
2: ain't happening. Nope.
1: Well, we could we can obviously get you snoring a little bit. That could be your input. Yeah, that, no, that's okay. That's okay. We'll we'll make it work. Anything I can well, do Tim to help. Can, well, Tim, congratulations on your new venture, and we look forward to more details, and again, you can call Blackthorn if you want to get some more details. I'm putting one of your private events in Tim's new facility out at Discounted Park, and again, just call Blackthorn for the latest details. So, Tim, congratulations.
3: Thank you, Darren. I appreciate it.
1: Sounds like a great opportunity. Why don't we step aside for a moment? We'll get to segment three of the golf show coming up next. We're brought to you by Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame and Blackthorn on Michigan, sports leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. This is the Golf Show on WSBT Radio on this Saturday morning. I'm Darren Pritchett, along with John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. Guys, we had a local golfer have some pretty good success on the PGA Tour at the John Deere Classic last week, and this is the same guy that made some headlines last year on one of the the smaller tours, so why don't you guys kind of fill in the blanks on what Rick Lamb accomplished
3: last weekend? Well, he got a tie for third, um, coming off a tie for seven at the Travelers, so he's really uh, working his way up. He's made $442,000, um, so not a bad year no. so far for, what, his first or second year on the first tour? First year. First year on tour? Very first, yep. So a young man that grew up uh, playing golf here at Blackthorn mm-hmm. and Warren, uh, he and his uh, twin brothers, since they were young, young kids. Uh, so neat to see someone from South Bend uh, out there on the PGA Tour uh, making a difference. He's up to 149th in the uh, FedEx yeah. Cup ranking. So uh, if he continues the strong play, he's got a chance maybe to get into the FedEx Cup and win even some more cash.
2: I think he, um, talking to him and his uh, his father especially, I, I think the natural progression is to, you know, he, he played great. Yeah, he won the NCAA um, individual championship, what, three years ago, proved himself on web.com, but when he got up to the the big stage, I think there was a little bit of doubt whether he belonged or not, and once you kind of break through, which he has the last couple of weeks, um, his dad also said the crowds are so different too. You know, there's a, such an adjustment of playing in front of that many people uh, I think, you know, Rick just had growing pains and time for adjustments. And I, I think he knows deep down, and I think we all knew all along, that he could play at that level and compete and be successful at that level. He's got every aspect that it takes. And finally, his putters kicked in. It's amazing how many times we talk about that. He putted really mm-hmm. well. Uh, he made a double bogey on 18 on, I think, Thursday or Friday, and if he just parted, you know, all of a sudden he's tied for the lead. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, proud of him. He's a great kid, and I think he'll be around for a long time. So, we hope so.
1: What did you guys see in him when he was a youth that made you believe that... I don't want to say you expected to make the PGA Tour, because a lot of things have to happen, and it's highly mm-hmm. competitive. but did you see some glimpses in his game that made you think, huh, this kid might have a chance to be special?
3: The only thing that I noticed is that they... They played golf yeah. eight hours a day. I mean, they were out there all day long, uh, short game, full game, yeah. putting. I mean, they just were course rats. I mean, they were there mm-hmm. all the time. I think his career changed when he went to Ledbetter Academy uh, when he was in high school. I think that's kind of when yeah. he got to the next level and really became the player that he was. So,
1: you mentioned he's 149th in the FedEx Cup standings. What does he need to do to? To secure that card for next year, Is it get it, is it still the top 125. I honestly have not mm-hmm. looked at you know the rules since they brought in the playoffs. Remember, you have to be in the, you should have to be in the top 125. To keep your card. Do you guys know what he what he might need to do to to possibly keep that card for next year?
2: It is 125 to have full time status. If he finishes, let's say 149th, he'll have partial status and he'll have a way into some of the events. Uh, he would play okay. the web.com and when he you know then but he'd also have the opportunity to play in, in some tour events but it would be great if he could get in the top 125 then he's not gonna have to worry about it for another year or even better if he wins an event he's home free for two years as far as any further qualification
1: oh wow yeah so is it as simple as if he ends up 126 and anytime there's a golf tournament and one of the top 125. Mm. pulls out would he get that spot is it as simple
2: as that I, I think it is i i mean i don't i know there's a lot of things that go into oh. this as far as who are alternates there is also people with lifetime status that then move into it um oh, you, you know and yeah. that's i mean at one point you know we talk our buddy scott gumps on here at times and you know scott has some partial status on the champions tour uh, tour champions rather and, but what it amounts to is, if he decides to go to Q, skill, Q School this year, he's exempt into the final round of Q School. Uh, so that's his reward, I guess, for you know lifetime PGA Tour member. Uh, and there's a lot of those guys out there that have even stronger status that would get them into a current tour event if indeed they can't fill the field with the guys that are currently eligible. So it's I'm sure it's complicated. Probably takes an algorithm to figure out who's who, but. Uh, Scott would still get be able to play, but very limited. Or Rick, rather, Scott's his brother. Sorry.
1: Right. So Rick did not qualify for the Open Championship, but the way things are going right now, with the way he's played the last couple of weeks, if he keeps this going, very good chance he would be in that top 125, and hopefully, maybe we get into a major down the line. All right, guys, we have a couple of minutes left in this segment. I just did a little research about. Royal Birkdale and the Open Championship. Ten times the tournament has taken place there. Arnold Palmer won in 1971. I know this will excite you guys. Johnny Miller's had about around sixty six to win the 76th Open by six shots. I didn't realize Ballesteros was only 19 years old in 1976 when he almost won the Open Championship. Guys, has there ever been more of a creative shot maker than Seve? And was there ever a better tournament for him than the Open Championship?
3: Um, I, I mean, I would say, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, this is more of a John question. I mean, Sevi was... Yeah, uh, I was to say Timmy doesn't
2: remember <laughs> 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 Okay. Oh, so Ask the tough. old guy. I, I think, I mean, obviously... <laughs> I don't recall if Tom Morris, old Tom, or young Tom, had the same type of <laughs> short game as him. So to say the best ever The I mean, Tiger hard. was pretty darn yeah. good. Yeah, I you think you can safely say the best of his time uh, Ballesteros okay. had. It was an interesting feature they aired on Golf Channel the other night about that final round at Royal Birkdale yeah. when they were paired together. Did you happen to see it, Darren?
1: I didn't. I saw the previews.
2: It, it was It was really interesting because Miller... Biasteros had fallen behind by six shots, I guess, from Miller, but he was in a tie with Nicholas for second place. And Miller spent the last three to four holes encouraging Seve, and I had his arm around him. And, to beat you know, Jack? Don't, yeah, don't give up. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I think they passed it off as he's such a compassionate guy towards Biasteros, but I think it's because he wanted Nicholas to finish third. Um, but it was really a, a, a nice documentary they did on. On that, so um, but yeah, I mean, Seve was he was definitely special. And the other part of that is they went into how his success, well, it resulted in one thing that most people don't know: the fact that they incorporated countries other than the UK into the Ryder Cup. Prior to Seve, mm-hmm. it was not all of Europe, so they're not stupid. Right. They saw him and longer, uh, and they said, "Why don't we include Europe in this?" And that's when things changed. You know, they beat us in. Right. I don't know if it was 80, 82 or something. And that changed the whole dynamic uh, for the Ryder Cup to turn it into what it is today. So th- there was a lot of things that stemmed from Biosteros, including the other yep. success that the Spaniards have had. He was the inspiration for that. So he had a lot of impact on golf.
1: Watson won his fifth Open there. O'Meara won the Open at age 41. Harrington won back-to-back in 08 to finish off his great run of the Open Championship. we got a break. What's coming up? At Blackthorne and Warren is next on WSBT. What's coming up at Blackthorne? Here's Tim Firestone.
3: Open golf course is in great shape. Uh, 232-4653 or
2: blackthorngolf.com for more information.
1: John Foster at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Yeah,
2: come see us. WarrenGolfCourse.com, 631-GOLF.
1: Awesome, guys. Great to be with you. We'll recap the Open Championship next week. We'll talk to you soon. All right,
3: see Thanks, Darren. Aaron.
1: That is John Foster and Tim Firestone. I'm Darren Pritchett. This has been the Golf Show presented by Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame and Blackthorn on WSBT South Bend.